I hereby introduce to you, Mr. Michael Veazey. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I can't believe how many times I've said that now. We've got about 165 episodes out there. So uh, by now, hopefully you're familiar with what we do. And if you're still around, it means you like it, in which case join our Facebook group, guys, amazingfba.com forward slash FBF as in face B as in book. We've got nearly 800 members. So come on, be the 800 person, 800th person and learn to speak English one day. Talking of English, I'm actually speaking with somebody who speaks better English than me, but is actually German, which is uh, embarrassing for me, but typical of our European friends. They are smarter than we are. So we need to listen to them. Today, we've got Nadine Eich from Germany. She is going to be speaking to us about a lot of things and we need to wake up to the opportunity we have on our doorstep. If you're a UK-based seller, Germany is the place to be. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure. So um, the usual question, but um, it's always important to know a bit about who we're talking to or who we're listening to. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your story and uh, it, whatever your sort of Amazon story is as well. Of course. So my name is Nadine and um, I'm running a little little Amazon agency uh, for a few Amazon sellers. But how I got into this is basically I uh, studied psychology and uh, worked at an, a big international online store during my studies. And then after I, you know, I finished, I was just like, okay, this can't be it. I can't be doing that for forever. So I started out as a virtual assistant. I had no idea what that was, but <laughs> I'm always diving into everything that's coming up. And um, I wanted to be free and work wherever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to. And then suddenly I met a German Amazon seller who's, you know, who's become a very good um, your companion in this in this journey and he and I got along so well that he hired me and then I decided to quit my job at the international online store because they just wanted too many things for me and I just wanted to be a freelancer and um, while working with them I realized oh my there are a lot of people who have the same kind of things he wants from me like customer service and writing copywriting everything like that and then he recommended me to other Amazon sellers and I worked with them and I realized, okay, it's a lot. <laughs> can can do that on my own. This is how I just teamed up with a, a few VAs that I really trust and asked them if we could uh, work together. And ever since that, I've been running this little agency since uh, September 2016. Fantastic. Well, I like your journey. That's a, a very classic sort of getting out of the corporate world is pretty early. And some of us take a few decades to get there. So you've done well. Um, so then what's the name of your business before we go any further, Nadine? Oh, yeah. My my agency is called Enida. In Germany, um, you could say Enida. And that basically means you don't have to be there any any at any time. So as an Amazon seller, there's no need for you to be at your business because we're taking care of it. <laughs> I like it. So you've created your name as a joke in German. Interesting. That's going to be a bit hard to sell internationally, but it's easy to spell, yeah. folks. So E-N for November, I-D-A. So if you're looking for it online, um, Anida, I like it. International jokes already. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I like the background. It's quite interesting that it's come about organically. So you you saw a need and you fulfilled it. And I think that's always a smart way to, to sell anything. So Tell us uh, about Germany, right? So everybody's talking about Europe in America. It's the big opportunity. Um, the Americans are looking at Europe and thinking, why aren't we selling there? And you're quite right. That is a place to go. But specifically Germany, um, why 
do we need to think about Germany in Amazon terms, do you think? Well, first of all, it's the second biggest Amazon marketplace, you know, and there's been we we looked at the numbers in 2016 September and there were 134 million visitors in a month and in the UK there are 32 million less than that. So uh, we're just right behind the US. And um I'm not sure why that is, but in Germany it's just like for example, yesterday I was looking for a chair from a balcony and I was driving around for two hours to get this damn chair, even though I'd already picked one out on Amazon. I was just like, okay, no, you're going to buy something that's not online. You know, you have to support these people. And in the end, I drove back home and then ordered it <laughs> at Amazon. <laughs> so this is always like that. Everybody around me is just like, okay, where can I get it? I'll just buy it on Amazon. You know, I can so relate to that. I mean, I live in London, which has got some of the most famous shopping streets in the world, like Oxford Street. I mean, people come, ironically, from China to go to Oxford Street, whereas when I'm sitting here ordering products from China to come to London. But, uh, for example, the, the thing behind me here, I'm, I've been desperately trying to find a, a background for a sort of photographic studio type background. Mm -hmm. And can I find it in London? Can I hell? I have to go on Amazon <laughs> to get it, which is why I haven't got it yet, because it takes a couple of days to deliver. So I guess that's the Amazon experience generally. Um, so what would you say then? Let's let's get into the meat of the matter. Um, what are the similarities and differences, would you say, between German consumers and the US, which is where you know the majority of us sell most of our stuff, whether we're American or British? Um, the, the big picture first, German consumers versus US consumers, and maybe a comparison with the UK consumers. Let's look at that, and then we'll home in on Amazon in a second. Okay. First off, you know, customers are really really different i've been working with an american seller for i think seven eight months and um then i passed him on to one of my girls but um the majority what i get from the like, the gist of it is that american sellers uh, american customers are very um kind and they they review and they reach out if there's something wrong and they just want to communicate with you and you know I was, i'm writing really casually i'm just like okay cheers have a great day and they're just, oh my god you're so nice and thanks and have a wonderful christmas whatever in germany it's really different it's just like hey this doesn't work fix it or it's just that it's crap and it's so hard to get these people to realize that there's, well, first of all, they don't think anybody will ever reply. You know, German, even myself, I never expect anybody to reply. Thus, I'm writing a bad review. I don't do that anymore since I'm, you know, doing this business. But before, I was always writing a bad review because I thought this was the best shot at getting somebody to notice me and contact me. And it's just the same, you know, when you're upset with the company, you go on social media, same thing and shout <laughs> um but yeah so in in america the people reach out privately and in germany they always you know they're just going for the worst and then you have the problem you get them off that or maybe if you find out who that is if they post on a listing and um even if they're happy they're just still a little bit grumpy and it's very hard to get them to delete that feedback <laughs> So this is the entire thing that I'm trying to figure out how um, the Germans are, you know, deleting feedback and um, getting nice feedback. But we've had really good experience with the customer service. 
Okay. So uh, as uh, I'd, I'd expect, because I mean, the, the truth is, and this isn't something I've probably revealed on the podcast before, but I spent a gap year in Germany when I was about 19. And I spent another year studying music out there when I was about 22. So I'm quite familiar with, with Germans mm. in a certain particular context anyway. But yeah, somehow I have to say that's consistent with uh, my experiences of German. <laughs> they're, they're precise people. They're incredible engineers and amazing musicians, of course. But uh, yeah, not so so quick and easy to please as Americans. And probably I think the British approach to uh, customers, I would say, is quite similar to Americans. They're a little bit harder to please, a little bit more European, but they're kind of halfway in between, like everything else, really. Um, so tell me about customer service with Germans then. Oh, man. Um, what would you say you mentioned some of the problems what are the sort of let's zoom in on amazon well what are the specific problems apart from obviously leaving a rude review which is like one of the biggest ones what are the specific kinds of problems you found and what sort of solutions have you found or even partial solutions okay so the the biggest problem of all is that germans you know you send out 100 emails and two answer <laughs> they don't care ever it's always like spam, delete. I don't, I don't care. But um, this is what we're trying. We're trying to write nice emails um, that are, um, yeah, friendly and that people read. But the thing is, in Germany, in contrast to the UK and the US, I'm not sure about the UK here, the legal status. You are not allowed to send out email uh, email sequences from the German law. How uh, likely that is that a German lawyer will sue you in the US, different story. But in Germany, uh, if I am selling on Amazon, and I am not, then uh, I, would, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't set up an email sequence because they could sue me for that or warn me or whatever. It's really not good. So that's the first point. Um, however, a lot of sellers do it anyway because they're like, okay, I'm the US, I don't care. And then we're trying to... Um, write really nice emails that uh, tell the customer okay you can you can talk to us we're here we're actual people and uh you know you don't have to leave a bad review we will fix it so this is what we're doing and um this is what my service is doing as a like a setup so we write these emails and then we implement them into the systems for the customer and uh, usually we use the invoice email for that because it's not really likely that people will um, like a customer will be unhappy about you sending them invoice and asking for them to contact you if, you know but still there's always a chance I'm, I'm not recommending this but I'm just going along I'm playing along with the people who want us to do that all right. So I, an interesting sort of legal approach. I'm not recommending this, but this is what I'm doing. And this is what everyone else in the world is doing, if I yeah. understand what you're saying. All yeah, right. So so just zooming in a bit on on that, then I've heard about this. This is obviously in the UK. And by the way, just in case anyone's listening is wondering in, in response to what Nadine just said, no, it is legal. You're allowed to okay. send out emails in the UK. I mean, it's if you're marketing via Amazon um, systems, then you're basically breaking Amazon terms of service. Uh, so you got to be clear about that. However, everyone's doing it at the moment. We'll see what happens next. Right? But in terms of the law, you're allowed to do it. But so I've heard around this workaround in Germany, though, that you you send out an invoice and you're allowed to send an invoice to a customer after a sale. Is that correct? Is that something that German law permits? Yes, but you're not allowed to send to ask for feedback because, um, interestingly enough, it is just like that. Okay, whatever will increase your revenue as a seller is uh, considered spam and advertising 
stuff like that. So this is what is forbidden. And uh, asking for feedback and the feedback that will uh, boost your product will also increase your revenue. Thus, it's forbidden. Okay, uh, so they actively forbid you from doing anything that will increase your revenue. Is that actually the, the principle of the law? Yeah. That's but, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. interesting to put it mildly. <laughs> interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. So, um, anything you do that increases your revenue potentially is is not something you're allowed to do via email, right? Yeah, In but only if the customer uh, didn't confirm to that. Obviously. So, what we've been doing to give you a little little solution, I guess, is uh, we're always advising ourselves to print something on the packaging of the product, you know, or uh, lay. Um, make like a little inlay and ask for feedback because this is really unlikely that anybody will sue you for it. And um, because they can just toss it out, they're not being bullied, whatever they think it is. And um, yeah, so this is nice, but also don't always look out for yourself because most of the people are just like, okay, please leave feedback. Well, what I'm getting from this, you know? Okay, cool, I have a product, but really, this is really boring. Why should I even bother? Um, so what I'm doing, for example, um, when, I want, when I'm going to a conference, I lay out flyers um, where I, I want these people to take my flyer home, be like, okay, that's a good service. Um, I can keep in mind, but it's not only a flyer. It is not only like asking for feedback. It is um, like a little transcript, how to delete seller feedback that is negative. So they will take it home and they will keep it because it makes sense to them to keep it. So this is always what I'm recommending. For example, if you're selling something for mothers, baby stuff, you, um, you could put in inlay that uh, has also another purpose, like grocery shopping list on the other back, you know, like Monday, Tuesday, I don't know. So I, I don't like I don't like flyers or inlays that will be tossed out immediately. That makes sense. So you're basically making sure. So two things: you're bypassing the email thing because you think email is a bit of a risky channel, and then you are adding value rather than just asking for something. And it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I know there's there's uh, various things like you can have a business card which has got a recipe on the back, or, or various yeah. things. You know, if you're a chef, for example. So uh, that makes sense. So that's good. So so um. What are the opportunities, would you say, in Germany that we don't have in America and the UK? Or what particular opportunities do you think we could exploit better? Okay, so first off, I think even though the Germans are really difficult and they complain a lot, um, you can still strike with kindness. You know, you can still stand out. Because um, if you're just a Chinese or whatever seller that will write crappy copywriting in the listings, no. A, nobody's going to buy it. And if somebody dares to buy it, then um, you could, the only thing you can really do is uh, when they reach out, be super nice. And they'll be like, wow, okay, that's, that's amazing. I, I get so many emails. I, my girls get so many emails saying, wow, I'm really impressed. That never happened because it actually never happens in Germany. You always get these, uh, dear sir or madam, you know, in, in English now, dear sir or madam, um, thank you for. Uh, your feedback dot and uh, really cold and we write casually you're just like hey um I'm, thank you so much for reaching out i'm really glad that you took the time and um even though the weather is really not uh, ni nice out there you know and and then people actually read it and they reply <laughs> 
so what I what I'm saying is Germans are pretty bad, but um, they can be surprised. And Americans, it's, it's not that you know uncommon in America or the UK to be very nice customer service. That and um, yeah, also another good tip. Uh, for example, I had I bought pants from Amazon. And uh, the German, the German customer service. I was just like, okay, the size is bad, and they're like, no, nah, it's not bad. And they wrote me an entire letter about why it was wrong. And then they said, but we're gonna refund you the money anyway. You know, really like, okay, so they actually did a really good thing. <laughs> they give me, gave me my money back, but they packaged it really badly. So what I'm recommending. You could also, um, you know, these these girls like me, be like, okay, they're not never gonna be happy. So here's your refund. And by the way, maybe these pants will fit you. And then you give, you know, a link to a competitor and put your affiliate link in there. So the the girl, me, be like, oh my god, they're so helpful. They're so nice. And I wouldn't be telling you the story right now about how bad the customer service was, but how good they were. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, I think that's a very interesting point. Now I think that. <laughs> It's very easy to get caught up in being right as opposed to, you know, making more money. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, and not being biased, but my experience of Germans is that they are obsessed with uh, two things being right and above all, the truth, which I think is why they've produced so many, many, many philosophers. If you do a, like a roll call of philosophers, half of them are ancient Greeks and the others are Germans. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. in business, that's not going to make you much money. And I think the Americans have a very, very good uh, natural approach to that. They tend to be quite charming and very customer centric as a nation very relative good. to the Brits and, and relative to the Germans as well. So, yeah, we need a bit of American style charm offensive, don't we, really? And I think the above all, if you're going to give a refund, I totally agree. Be gracious about it. You know, bend yeah. over backwards because if they're going to leave you a rude review, there's no point in antagonizing them. Um, I, have to, I have to say that I've, I've sold not that much in Germany, but I have had the experience of somebody writing in to say there was a problem with the product but they liked it so much they weren't going to send it back in because they like this feature and this feature and then giving a rude review anyway because i said would you like a run refund and they said no i'm happy to keep the product but I, it's hard to do <laughs> what do you do <laughs> in that situation <laughs> i just thought that's insanely funny you know we just had to take the hit and move on yeah exactly sometimes you just gotta move on especially when these people they you know you can't really talk to them but there are a lot of people uh customers i have been in contact with who were very upset and really angry because they never thought anybody would reply and i always say um you know if somebody's really rude to you be twice as nice and and then suddenly they're just like Oh, oh, this is really bad. If I reply in a rude manner now, this is really not not good. And then suddenly they they calm down. But I think um, you guys in the US and UK, the, you really do have the advantage that you don't have to learn customer service because uh, because you already know from you know experience that it is um, it is easier to be to be nice to customers and uh, give the refund or replacement. And uh, in Germany, the the usual German customer services, as you said, I'm right, and therefore nothing's gonna happen. And um, this is what we are used to. This is what I am used to. Yeah, as well. Okay, so yeah, I, I like your thoughts. Um, it's a very very good response. Very difficult to do if you're not in a good mood. But actually, uh, if somebody's rude, be twice as nice. That sounds like an excellent rule of thumb. So uh, thank you very much for that very, very good principle.
Yeah, no worries. I I try to teach that to my girls, and it happened to me recently, and it's so hard to do. It's really hard. <laughs> Don't take it personally. <laughs> so, yeah.